Glory to Jesus Christ. Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their histories, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is a story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith, courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by Eastern Christian Publications, where you can find the prayers of the Catholic Byzantine Daily Office at ecpubs.com and by easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's easternchristianpublications.com. Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I am Father Thomas Lawyer, your host. In both lungs of the church, east and west, saints are, of course, very much a part of the church's liturgical calendar, its prayer, its worship, and so on. Certainly is the case in the eastern lung of the church, and of course in our program here, Light of the East, we bring the riches to you of both lungs of the church. We show how, as St. John Paul II said, the church breathes with both lungs, but primarily, of course, we present the riches of the eastern lung of the church. And saints are big. They're very big. We have many feast days for saints. We commemorate them in the liturgy, name our churches after them. We feel a certain oneness with God through our saints and also through the angels. Angels are big, too. Of course, angels are considered to be saints, too. Saint Michael, Saint Gabriel, Saint Raphael, and so on. And so, saints do have to be real to us. They have to be especially real to our children. And one way to make something real to us, actually, is to do something that might seem unreal, is to tell stories about them or illustrate stories about them or make movies about them. And we have on our program today some special guests from ODB Films, and they are in the business of making wonderful movies, movies in which people are inspired and hopefully come closer to God. And currently, they're working on movies about saints. They did one movie that hopefully all of you saw. It was called Paul, Apostle of Christ. And they worked on that with Sony Films, and it was a beautiful film about St. Paul and also St. Luke, their relationship, and how the Acts of the Apostles was, was written. But now they're working on a movie of another saint. They also do other kinds of subject matter through film. So I want to welcome to Light of the East our friends from ODB Films, Eric, his wife Becky, and Katie. Welcome to Light of the East. Thank, Thank, you, Father. Father. Thank you, Father. I want to get right into it now about making films about saints. In other words, as I mentioned at the beginning of the program, making saints real. You know, this is something I've discovered as a priest when I look at and experience some of the disappointments we have as a priest or those who are in ministry, catechetical ministry, youth ministry. When you see young people that you've worked hard for and prayed for and, in a sense, helped to raise, and you see them, you see them fall away from the faith. Maybe it's temporary, hopefully. 
Maybe it's for a long time. Maybe you'll never see them come back. Maybe you will. It's a great heartbreak to parents, too. And one of the things that I have found, and I've searched for the reason for this, why does this happen? And the one conclusion I've come to is that the faith, saints, the beliefs of our faith, prayer, God himself, maybe just wasn't real enough to them. In a sense, it didn't take. It wasn't real enough. And so what I've tried to focus on now with that realization, as a priest, I work with our catechists from our church, our youth ministers. I told them, you know what we're going to do? We're going to focus and help parents to focus on, I call it checking in with your kids. Is this taking? Is it real to them? Is their namesaint real to them? Is Christ real to them? Is God real to them? The Virgin Mary and so on, the angels, is it really real to them? As real as their friends that they text to all day long and say basically nothing. Hi, how you doing? You know, Can they be like that? Can they in a sense spiritually text God? Can they be that familiar? And certainly one way, because I know as uh, growing up watching films, uh, there were films definitely inspired my own faith, inspired even my vocation. And oftentimes it was films about saints or saintly people. And even though there were, some of them were secular films. So I want to ask you who make films, and now you, you have made and are making films about saints, I want to ask you as filmmakers, what do you do? What goes into making a film, presenting a, a story about a saint and making that saint real and relevant through film? In deciding to do films on lives of the saints, I think the first thing is that's is really deciding who who do we want, whose story do we want to tell. Um, you know, so many stories. John Paul II canonized over fifteen hundred saints during 1500. his papacy. Wow! And um, so there are thousands of stories. So part of it is 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 looking at what stories to you know. There's some very obscure saints. Have have has anybody ever heard of Saint Andrew Bobola? You know of <laughs> Poland. Yeah. Um, but also like we want to be able to tell stories that are somewhat familiar and marketable because if it's familiar, people will come to the theater. A Saint Francis, you know, a Saint Patrick, a Saint Paul. So so kind of looking at what what stories do we want to tell? What stories make sense in culture? But also like looking at the lives of the saints and and deciding on whose story might really be needed to tell today mm, needed, yeah, you know somehow. and um Paul's story of mercy mm-hmm. and God's grace mm-hmm. and that extension of mercy and grace to everybody mm-hmm. is we felt like was such an important uh, particularly with that film such an important message to communicate and what a better way to communicate it than these real historic people who were just like us in so many ways. You know, mm-hmm. we, I could, you could grow up kind of looking at the stained glass windows in the churches and you see that halo around their head. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, but the reality is um, they weren't born that way. I mean, our blessed mothers, certainly some have been really set apart in a yes. special and unique way, but, but most of them are like us. And so the, the, the idea and the desire is to tell these real stories so that the viewer can, can get a, a real historical glimpse at a person who struggled in a lot of ways to live mm-hmm. out their faith and to see that so that they can maybe take that on themselves too. Now, did did you have to do a lot of research? Yeah. So writer-director, particularly in this one, Andrew Hyatt, mm-hmm. basically researched and read everything possible. So just mm-hmm. absorbed the scriptures, mm-hmm. absorbed everything written, the books of Paul, things uh, written, novels and historical books and things written about Paul. I remember on the front end seeing a picture of the books he was reading as he was developing the project, and it was a stack of 20 or 30 books. Mm-hmm. And I think due diligence is you absolutely want to tell the best story you can. Mm-hmm. You want to be as truthful as you can. Mm-hmm. 
and take into consideration everything that's out there. Obviously, um, something is scriptural and inspired by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Other things are beyond that. And so you still try to find those nuggets of creativity mm-hmm. and, and insight because the Holy Spirit is speaking through our minds, our creativity all the mm-hmm. time. So I might write a book on the Apostle Paul that certainly isn't scriptural, but he may have inspired me to, to tell mm-hmm. an angle or a story that could really impact the way the writer-director brings that into how he wants to tell the story. And still we're beholden to making sure that even though we have fictional characters, for example, Mauritius and, and Paul um, is a fictional character, but mm-hmm. um, we need to be sure that when we are developing characters such as Mauritius, that he is at least historically accurate. Oh, yeah. That there needs to be a really good reason why he's there mm-hmm. and that his character has to be true to that time and true to who a Roman guard would have been at that time, true to what he would have thought or said or how he would mm-hmm. have acted, what his motives would have been. And so all of that is really, really important, especially we get a lot of questions from people asking if, like, how, how can they trust that that this is an accurate film? And basically it comes from Catholic audiences because they're looking for the imprimatur, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of a thing, mm-hmm. which there is no such thing for film. So um, it's important that we are able to go back to them and say, rest assured that even when there are embellishments is not the right word, but even when there are fictional additives mm-hmm. to the story, that they have been well-researched and well-documented and that sh- if Mauritius actually did exist, he'd probably be just like this guy. Mm. Um, it's just, it's important for the integrity of the story. Mm-hmm. And do you um, rely on also some consultants? Like you probably have a... For sure. So, you know, once we get a draft of the script... Um, putting it in the hands of people, um, especially, you know, um, people who, who in the church who really know this, the stories mm-hmm. and the scriptures and the doctrine. Mm-hmm. So we have, you know, priests um, who are well-read and understand. We have bishops who have helped us in that process as well to make sure that, because it's number one priority for us. I mean, we absolutely want to tell a good story, but the top priority is that we're truthful and we're not <laughs> leading people down a path because we've taken so much creative license mm-hmm. yes. that that they that the truth becomes muddled and you can't yes. really see. So you try to like, for instance, you okay? You did Paul? And you're working on another one, right? Yes. Now we're working on a film uh-huh. on the life of Saint Patrick. Saint Patrick from the Saint Patrick from mm-hmm. Ireland, right? <laughs> the very one. Tis, tis himself. Yes. <laughs> you know, there's a some Byzantine scholars uh, make a case that Patrick was actually Byzantine. <laughs> yeah, so, but that's the time for me for another show. Another show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, okay, in, in doing that and researching that, do, do you strive to, like, does everybody kind of put their heads together and say, we think Patrick was like this? Mm-hmm. Or is it up to the director, what he wants? Or how do you arrive at, I assume your goal is to try to make this character as, as authentic as you think he, he is, you know, right. as he was, you know. Uh, and, and is that like a consensus or is that um, a director's thing? Or It starts with the writer. It starts with the writer. It starts yeah. with the writer. And then he, you know, there, and there may be, there's probably, probably conversation before that. So we had conversation about what we're hoping to tell, just mm-hmm. a general, like laying things out and, and helping the writer to dream and imagine and think and, mm-hmm. and deliver. And then, um, then he starts doing drafts and then mm-hmm. those drafts come to the team, mm-hmm. Katie, the team, uh-huh. Becky, others, TJ, our lead producer, um, Doug. And in that, we start reading and reviewing and giving notes. Um, and so it's just refined. But it is a, it's a collaborative process with one point person. And I think, Father, what you said earlier about, you know, people being able to relate to it and yes. does this resonate with them? That is the key going into all of our films and yeah. the writing. We want to make sure we bring the humanity mm-hmm. out in right. it. And especially 
for Patrick, who was just such living in such incredible times. Mm -hmm. Um, we don't have much written stuff about him, his own mm -hmm. confession. And then he did a letters to, I forgot who it was, but we have those writings of his, but just mm -hmm. knowing globally what was happening at the time mm -hmm. is such a critical part of the story, not just who he was as a person, but what was happening around him, which to us makes that um, more relatable for the audience. Like, oh, okay, it's not just this like mythical guy or this legend mm -hmm. guy. It's like, historically, we know what was happening during that time. And that right. makes it more real for people. Yes, and, and I think what you try to do is... It, you say make it more real. It doesn't mean you you banalize the person. Like you know, like, mm -hmm. you know sometimes that's presented. Like, oh, they're trying to make it so real. Oh, he's just like me, no. just a you know yeah. goof or whatever. You know, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, there's a there's a balance there, making it real, but yet not yeah. sort of demythologizing, de demystifying, banalizing mm -hmm. the character. So. Yeah, somebody who was like us, but called to the supernatural, right. as we all are. Mm -hmm. When we come back, we're going to talk more about how do we make saints real. I mean, they are real in the liturgy and the prayer of the church, but there's also other ways to make them real. That is through the great art of film. And we're talking with our special guest, some ODB films. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern Lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to byzantinecatholic.com. That's byzantinecatholic.com. And then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. The Tabor Life Institute, which is dedicated to the formation and education in the theology of the body. To find out more about the Tabor Life Institute, you can go to TaborLife.org. That's TaborLife.org. Especially if you're interested in conferences and retreats, in particular for youth, young adults, and also for those of you who speak Spanish. That's TaborLife.org. You're listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Welcome back to Light of the East. I am Father Thomas Lawyer, your host. We have special guests today from ODB Films. And by the way, you can find out more about their work by going to OD, D as in divine, ODB as in blessed, odbfilms.com. Also, for their movie that they was out in the theaters on St. Paul, and it also features, of course, St. Luke and their relationship you can go to paulmovie.com, paulmovie.com. Again, we have Eric. Eric, you're the CEO, right? I am, I think. Okay. Yep. And Becca, your wife is? I'm a writer and copy editor. Oh, and Katie. A director of operations. <laughs> and so much more for all of you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I wanted to ask you now, when you get this involved, and I'll draw a little parallel to myself because I do icons, Byzantine iconography. I'm man of the arts too, particularly the visual arts. So when I paint an icon, I do something similar to what you do when you're going to make a film about a saint. I research everything I can possibly research on that particular icon, whether it's the saint or a scene, you know, from the scripture or whatever I'm going to paint. And I look at how many different renditions there are of that, but still in Byzantine iconography, you have to follow certain sort of canons, you know, but still there's going to be different renditions. And, and so I'll look at research, all that, I'll put it all together. Then I'll 
I'll decide on how I'm going to do this, you know, based on all that. And I noticed that while I'm doing it, in the process of that research, in the process of the painting itself, I really, that, that person really does become real to me, that much more real. I really, in fact, when I'm done painting, I actually kind of, even during the process, yeah, I quit painting for the day. I put in X amount of hours or whatever in, you know, in the process of painting this figure, this saint. When I'm done during the, at the end of the day, especially when I'm done with the icon completely, I really do feel close to that person. Mm. And, and like mm. the, the, we, we develop the relationship. They really do become real to me in the process of painting. So I suspect that happens in the process of film, uh, doing a film about a, a saint. So maybe can you tell me a little bit about that, the three of you? You have that kind of experience. Or what does it leave you? What, what is it like when you, you get to really know the saint, you know, it becomes more real to you? Um, I, you know, and I have always found Paul when reading him to be frustrating. Um, <laughs> I just, it very, just kind of a long-winded run-on sentence after run-on yeah, sentence, yeah. and actually always read him as very arrogant. I really didn't care for him, um, <laughs> to be truthful. Um, and so, not it, it, having watched James Faulkner, who plays Paul in the film, portray a very different Paul, still as confident maybe wrong word, still is secure, mm-hmm. um, but um, but a humbled man, a man who was battling with uh, his past. And, um, and Andrew posits in the film, the writer posits in the film, the possibility that the thorn that Paul wrestles with, that we really don't know mm-hmm. uh, about, except that it was a thorn in his flesh, was remembering his past, remembering mm-hmm. what he had done and having mm-hmm. to wrestle with that continually. And mm-hmm. there are so many beautiful scenes where he is doing just that in, a, in very private moments and continually returning um, in, in humility um, to God. There's one scene where he's laying on his side and all you hear him say is, your grace is sufficient, your grace is sufficient, mm-hmm. your grace is sufficient. And so James, in his portrayal of Paul, changed for me how I read some of the writings of Paul, and he mm-hmm. no longer sounds arrogant to me. Mm-hmm. Um, he now sounds like James Faulkner, who, um, as a human being, I just uh, adored mm-hmm. him. What a mm-hmm. charming man, mm-hmm. a kind man, a, a professional. Um, and so his portrayal of Paul, that changed for me how I read Paul mm-hmm. now, um, which is significant because I didn't really like the guy. <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to love all the things, <laughs> right, right? I think part of yeah, part of it too That's is just because I feel like I know, right? Re- re- back. <laughs> a little rebellion. I feel like this is the Protestant I, Pope. I had a similar just a, on our film full of grace, um, Baia Hyphy, who played Mary. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was a wonderful experience to be, to see how she portrayed the Blessed Mother. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was, it really brought, like, we really felt in her portrayal and in the messaging that, that she was in a sense channeling the Blessed Mother, Mm -hmm. which is not possible, but well, you know, but that she, that presence was there and it really kind of brought a tremendous appreciation and a, and a, and a love and a deeper understanding because I, we had a person in the flesh in front of us mm-hmm. who is portraying such an important person to us and mm-hmm. to, to bring that alive to us. And, and that film was pretty neat too, using that film as an example. Now, when you do the life of a saint, you're going to present the saint. You can't possibly, well, I guess you could do like their whole life, you know, but it seems to me like they, there's maybe a certain focus, an aspect of the saint you want to kind of enlarge or right. focus on. Yeah. Like with Paul, and that, that's a great example because how do you tell that, that's one of the things like, how do you dive into Paul's story? Mm-hmm. 30 years, 
10,000 miles traveled, mm -hmm. culture after culture. I mean, it's like TJ, our producer says, it's like he lived a hundred lives in yes. one life, you yeah. know? So for us to find that, that kind of key nugget and we kind of, we, we liked what we did with Full of Grace in telling kind of the, reflecting on the end of the Blessed Mother's life on earth, looking back at her journey and the experiences is in using that experience as a way of encouraging the church now 10 years post-resurrection who's starting to have problems with heresy and starting to have mm -hmm. problems with persecution and the wisdom and her experience that she gained and being able to apply that and look at that and and take that into that same with paul like we we just we ran with that that here's a man at the end of his life who I think a lot of people don't realize, I believe he, he spent the last two years of his life in that hole in the ground over yeah. 700 days, mm -hmm. you know, now looking back and reflecting on his experiences and having the opportunity to connect with Luke, who he had traveled mm -hmm. with and who certainly was part of Luke, you know, helped Luke in his conversion mm -hmm. and, and to be able to tell those stories and to share that wisdom, I think is just a really neat way to, to look at the life of a saint. And that's kind of what was how we leaned into wanting to tell the story. And I think if Andrew, our writer, I think if he were here, he would also say that that his writings stem from whatever it is that he's personally mm -hmm. struggling with or processing mm -hmm. in his mm -hmm. faith at the moment. Um, I, I know that to be true for both both scripts. There's something that resonated within him that that came out. And also something that it might be a duh, but, but that we really haven't verbally brought up is that there's not any any ounce of this that isn't bathed in prayer. Mm. The entire mm -hmm. process from the very beginning mm. of who are we going to do a film about and mm -hmm. why are we going to do a film about this yes. particular mm -hmm. person and and what story is going to be told. And okay, now Andrew's going away for a month and he's going to be spending his, you know, the entire month writing and we're praying and we're praying and we're praying and we have a team of people who are praying and praying mm. and praying. Um, when they were filming Paul, I had a small little core group of women that I trusted that I could give detailed prayer requests too because mm. you have to be everything has to be hush hush shut down you can't be sharing information with people about what's oh, going yeah. on on set mm -hmm. it's very important and so but i had this little group of women katie are you having heart attack and this little group of women that i knew i could trust that yes. i could say this is happening you yes. we need you right now to pray about oh, this or this is and so that's all of it all of it just drenched in prayer and then you can see the you can see the benefits the blessings that have come from from that. I can't help seeing another, again, a parallel after parallel with what you do in movie making and what I do as iconographer, that it requires prayer too. Mm -hmm. You have to pray, you have to fast, the process is prayer. In fact, the iconography, the Byzantine iconography, the official art of the Byzantine church, and really the official art of the church overall, especially the early church, it took on different forms in the West. But it was considered to be really grew up in in the monastic atmosphere, so it was actually kind of a monastic discipline because it was part of the, you know, the, they live lives of prayer and fasting and asceticism. So you do you you fast, you pray, you live an ascetical life, and you make really what's happening. And, and this is so much the case of the genius of the church. It's it's all incarnational. It's iconographical. In mm -hmm. other words, you are making visible what is invisible. You're, you're taking someone like a Paul who lived long time ago, <laughs> and and even now Patrick lived long time ago. You know there are many saints now, but you you focus on you focus on saints that lived long time ago. So in a sense, they're invisible to us, and we know that they're in heaven. So they're they're invisible. We're not seeing them physically, but you're making that invisible reality visible and tangible, palpable. Like you want to be able to, as if you could 
be able to be as if you can reach out and touch these people, yeah. mm-hmm. that they're that real, like you can talk like we're talking yeah. to each other right now. That's probably the biggest comment we got from the audience um, mm-hmm. on like exiting polls and just people, their reflections was, you have made these people mm-hmm. real to me. Mm-hmm. Like right. mm-hmm. they seem human now, right. you know, not not saintly, but reachable, mm-hmm. just what right. you're accessible. saying. You know, accessible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. yeah, absolutely. And that's is a good testimony to what a saint really is. A saint is simply someone, they're not an extraordinary human being, they're an ordinary human being. In other words, they mm-hmm. are what human beings were meant to be. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, until we are saintly, we're not really ordinary human beings yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're, we're extraordinary, we're oddballs if you're not <laughs> <Yes>. saint. <laughs> They've reached, they haven't reached perfection, they've reached a certain depth of humanness, of authentic humanness. That's really what makes them saintly. Mm -hmm. And I want to also indicate to the audience once again, uh, why don't you tell them where they can go to look at all your great work, uh, making saints alive, making the gospel alive. You can reach us at odbfilms.com. Our website there kind of gives you a picture of everything we do, from the short films to the feature films to the events we do. And then as well, for the Paul film, uh, you can go to paulmovie.com and find out more there. odbfilms.com or paulmovie.com. I want to thank you for being here, Eric, Becky, and Katie, and all of your work in making the invisible visible. In other words, you are doing basically iconographic work. (laughs) And I want to thank you for that as a fellow iconographer, but in a different form. I want to thank all of you for listening. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. To hear Light of the East again, visit ByzantineCatholic.com and click on the Features and Programs tab and on iTunes. Thank you for listening to Light of the East. We encourage you to tell a friend about Light of the East and to visit ByzantineCatholic.com. Light of the East is produced by ADC Media. Monsignor Charles Pope. And I always say to my my people, my parishioners, for you I'm your pastor, with you I'm your brother, but from you I'm your son because they have formed me so beautifully over the years and taught me to trust God and to praise God. And they brought the Holy Spirit alive in me in just ways I could never have imagined, you know, coming out of seminary. I had all the intellectual stuff in the seminary, but my priestly heart has been formed by my people. Morning Glory, Monday through Saturday, 7 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the light of the East. To learn more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue Light of the East with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount will be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610 Wilcook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. Or donate online on the homepage of ByzantineCatholic.com. From the Light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God grant you many happy years. (laughs) 